0: You're listening to the Golden Edge Podcast, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue BlueWire.
1: Here's your hosts, David Shane and Ben Goats.
0: What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review-Journal talks about hockey, and boy, do we have a lot to get through today. Uh, last week, it was the Afghani Zdanov Trade Saga recap, uh, this week... It's the Evgeny Jadonov post-trade deadline renaissance, as well as so much more that is going on uh, with the Golden Knights. I, of course, am Ben Goats, one of your review journal beat writers. Joining me on the other line, as always, is my colleague, David Shane. Dave, how are you doing this fine
1: Tuesday? Uh, getting ready for the stretch drive, huh? We're we're almost there. It's like a month away. I can't believe how fast this, this, uh, this season's gone, so... Second win, like, here we go. Yeah, it is absolutely wild. The countdown
0: is on, as Dave said. The Knights are, I mean, literally a month away from potentially the regular season being over. And then, obviously, the entire season could still be over for them. Uh, We will get to the kind of playoff chase that they're in right now, their odds of making it what they have to do down the stretch to get their way in. And obviously, we have so much more to talk about. Uh, as well. But before we get to all that, I just want to remind everyone uh, that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Uh, We are also presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Please check out all all our written work at ReviewJournal.com. And we are also presented by Blue Wire. Uh, And of course, if you guys could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcast, please do to this one. We would very much appreciate it. Um, Okay. Like I said, we've got to get into... A playoff chase, we've got to get into the Evgeny Dodonov resurgence. I mean, dude has just literally been the fire emoji the past couple games. I know that the official uh, Knight's Twitter branding is he's the boomerang emoji. And we'll get into uh, why, in case you don't remember in a little bit here. But I personally think the uh, fire one is very appropriate. Uh, But we have to kind of get into some, I would say, late, uh, breaking news that is happening uh, before we started recording because Dave and I were at practice on Tuesday as we you know often do during the middle of the day and so the night's true you know you think just kind of gonna go through some drills gear up get ready for a very important road trip coming up that we're gonna talk about where they got to visit Seattle for the first time they're gonna go to Vancouver you know, it looks like they're starting to get guys back Braden McNabb isn't in You know, full participation jersey. He was in a non-contact on Monday. And Robin Leonard is there stopping pucks for the second straight practice. He hasn't played uh, since the beginning of this month in Philadelphia. So as the Knights gear up to try to make these last 14 games uh, as, you know, meaningful a run as possible, they might get their starting goaltender back. And then what happens is that kind of at the end of a drill, kind of a drill that, you know, this specific time, like doesn't go quite to plan where Jack Eichel's supposed to go one-on-one with Robin Leonard and Eichel doesn't have a puck because there was a pass that got messed up, you know, in the neutral zone. And so instead he's kind of just like, ah, throws a stick up, like someone give me a one-timer just so I can, you know, shoot the puck at the end of this drill. And what seems to happen is that the puck doesn't get there quite in time. So Leonard's kind of like, all right, Jack doesn't have a puck. I'll move on, shift my focus like the next guy that's going to be coming down on me in this drill. But then Eichel does get a puck and he does fire a one-timer. And it appears to not only surprise Leonard, but hit him right square in the left shoulder Uh, clearly caused some discomfort for Robin Leonard where he's like sprawls to the ice. He gets back up. He kind of finishes the drill. He goes off to the side. He's being looked at by the Knights goaltending coach, Mike Rosati kind of, you know, lets out a very noticeable kind of yell for lack of a better word to kind of indicate like clearly he's in some pain. He kind of stays, you know, in practice, he goes back to the net. He does a couple more drills, And then as the Knights are kind of gearing up for kind of the second to last drill of the practice, he's talking to goaltending coach Mike Rizzotti again, assistant coach Steve Spott. And then afterwards, you know, the Knights kind of huddle up and Pete DeBoer is at the whiteboard. After DeBoer gets done up there, Leonard just heads off the ice and his day is over early. And obviously, uh, one of the last things the Knights wanted to have happen appears to have happened. And their starting goaltender was hurt. During a practice. Now, Pete DeBoer did not have an update on Leonard after the practice, so we don't know the extent of what the potential injury to Leonard could be, how long he might be out, whether it'll be kind of a setback on what, you know, appeared to be his return, or at least, you know, he was getting pretty close, it appeared, to making his comeback. But uh, whatever we just witnessed, Dave, it was not what the Knights needed right now.
1: No, and I'll quote, as Pete DeBoer said it wouldn't be a day for the Golden Knights if they didn't have someone leave with an injury during practice, which is kind of funny because I know guys have been hurt and left, but, like, as we were talking sort of at practice and as it happened, like, we can't remember one that was so public and obvious and, like, right in front of everyone, you know, like a a goaltender getting hurt and, like you said, kind of of screaming out, and I almost think it was more in, in, like, frustration you know, in a way that he knew something was, was wrong. Like he's this close to coming back and then boom, like something else goofy happens. Like, it's just, it's the darndest thing in a way for them. You know, I mean, it's almost fitting that this would happen because no matter what they've done this season, they just can't stay healthy. They can't catch a break. And I know like, yeah, it's four years. They've caught every break. Everything's gone their way. And and whatever and it's all catching up to him and karma and blah 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 but like i mean at some point with this like it's beyond the whole you know you just kind of have to laugh about it or whatever you know i mean you, you just got to shake your head and 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 just you know so, sort of just try to figure it out and, and I, like there's no answer I, I mean like of all things of all things of all days you know they're getting ready to go to seattle <laughs> like like in some in some respects and and yes I understand why he's on the on the ice and yes he should have been but like in a way like you could have saved him like he didn't have to be like there's just so many different like butterfly effects and 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 weird things you could you know could have should have would have about this you know but here here's one thing and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play doctor necessarily but if it was just the puck hitting him you know if it's a bruise if it's a If it's an owie, you know, and you can kiss it and make it feel better, so to speak, well, then that like maybe that's the best case scenario for the Knights. But the problem and and I think what we saw, you know, afterward was was kind of his arm just almost hanging in his side. And every time that there was a break in a drill, he would hunch over and, and you could tell he was like almost twisting his body to like, you know, favor that left shoulder and favor that arm and take some of the weight off of it as as he was leaning over like it it was it it was very obvious it was bothering him like you'd see him not there was i i caught this on video one of the first shots he faced after he got hurt was glove side and he literally didn't move his arm and threw his like stick side at it you know and tried to like knock it out of the air with a stick because he didn't want to you know, go after it with his glove. So at some point, you know, look, all these shooters see everything. If Robin Leonard's in a game and he has no glove, it's going to get exposed very quickly. You know, I'm also pretty certain that if he doesn't have a glove hand, that they wouldn't put him out there. So, you know, at this point now, we just have to kind of see and wait, you know, until warmups and things tomorrow, maybe the morning skate tomorrow. uh, And, speculate on who's going to be the starting goaltender, you know, for the Golden Knights. I think, you know, maybe it looked like Robin Leonard would have gotten the start, you know, originally. And, and now, you know, who knows? Yeah. At
0: the very least, it certainly seemed like he was going to be coming back this road trip. And now that's definitely in question. Now, like I said, we don't have an official update. We don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Maybe this podcast sounds very uh, out of date by the time uh, people are listening to this, because we know, You know, by Wednesday morning, Leonard actually traveled to Seattle and was on the ice for morning skate or whatever. But uh, obviously not what the uh, Knights needed right now. Not what Robin Leonard obviously needed right now either. Uh, Like you said, clearly frustrated, clearly probably, I think, a frustrating year for him where, like I said, he has the uh, upper body injury, which certainly obviously seems pertinent given that he just uh, clearly was in pain from taking a shot to the shoulder in February he's had a lower body injury that's caused him to miss, um, most of this month. Um, overall like his numbers are not fantastic. He has just a 909 save percentage. Um, you know, 2.77 goals against average isn't great. It is the best among the goaltenders that have played for the Knights so far this year. So that might tell you something about their team defense as well. Um, but, yeah, has made 38 starts, which isn't, you know, horrible, but not also probably what the Knights wanted when they decided that they were going to turn the net over um, to him this year. And, like I said, frustrating on all accounts. Now, uh, I will say, because I know there are people on Twitter and people like to be angry on Twitter that are, you know, angry at all the time Leonard has missed and are frustrated that he kind of keeps bowing out. Um what obviously I think we can say is that he doesn't want to be injured. He would like to not be injured. He's not trying to just kind of skate by and not get in the net. I think obviously the fact that he got hit by one puck you know, in the shoulder and then clearly got hurt that tells, I think, anyone paying attention that clearly he was not at 100% even before he stepped on the ice for practice today but was – You know, willing to try to give it a go, not at 100% because he probably knew like, look, like this team is fighting for the playoffs, as we'll get into in more detail in a little bit here. And they probably need me. They probably need me in net to kind of have their best chance at getting in, which is obviously the goal for this franchise. So like I said, I think it's been a frustrating time for Robin Leonard, but I have a hard time, you know. Assigning blame or saying like this is his fault or whatever. Like he's obviously trying to do the best he can to gut it out for this team, and it's just nothing's going right for him right now, it appears.
1: And he did everything this summer, this offseason to put himself in the best position, you know, to have success this year. You know, we were all talking to him and writing about, you know, at the start of the training camp, what you know, the shape that he was in, how he had lost weight and you know appeared motivated to grab this number one job, you know, the mantle and run with it. And, and he did everything seemingly he needed to do. And then, you know, like you said, just injury in December, uh, upper body, and then the lower body injury, and he just kind of never seemed to find a rhythm. You know, never really seemed to, to find that groove, you know, that the Knights needed. He he was never like they were expecting and they had last year, obviously. Vezina Trophy goaltending and Jennings trophy winning goaltending, you know, fewest goals allowed, and and they were expecting at least something close to that. I don't think they expect necessarily a repeat performance, but Robin Leonard was going to be, you know, a, a key piece, you know, of of a goaltending tandem that wasn't supposed to drop off. And there's there's been a decline, there's been a drop off this year, and I don't think that's any fault. Of Robin Leonard, like you know, sometimes you get hurt. Like guys, guys have years where they get banged up. It, it happens. It's a physical sport, and you know things are flying around, and you are trying to do things, you know, to, to keep your body healthy. And it doesn't always happen. So, you know, to blame him or or this is the other one too to act like this is some kind of like salary cap circumvention. You know, well, let's keep Mark Stone. Like the Golden Knights are in a dogfight fight right now, and I can tell you what if there are jobs on the line which might be the case, you know, not only for players, but for coaches, for front office folks. Like, they're not stashing people on IR just for, like, you know, to try to make postseason or some kind of conspiracy thing or what. Like, you know, they want this team out there. They have potentially, you know, a superpower team, that, depending on who's healthy and what they can do with the salary cap and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, a- any of the – the tinfoil conspiracy theory stuff, like, you know, come on guys, like, get out of here with that. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada.
0: They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. No, for sure, which leads us perfectly into kind of our next topic, which is uh, we know the Knights aren't just content to like sit those guys on LTIR because they attempted to make a move to give themselves enough room to activate some of these guys off long-term injury reserve. And the move they attempted, of course, was uh, trading Evgeny Dodonov at Monday's trade deadline last week. The deal, of course, then got voided by the NHL because the Knights traded him to the Anaheim Ducks who were on Evgeny Dodonov's no trade list. And uh, what is kind of still slightly unclear is whether uh, the Knights in the NHL, uh, A, just believed that Evgeny Dodonov did not have a no trade list, which he obviously did. But in this case, uh, the Ottawa Senators might not have disclosed that he had a no trade list when he was traded from Ottawa to the Knights this past July. Or B, the Ottawa Senators made the Knights in the NHL believe that Uh, Evgeny Dodonov's 10-team no-trade list had somehow been invalidated, like his agent had submitted it late or something like that. And clearly what had happened in between that trade going through last Monday and that trade being avoided last Wednesday is Evgeny Dodonov's agent uh, produced receipts to say clearly, uh, yes, my client has a 10-team no-trade list and then, you know, also... It is valid. Here are the emails that I have sent confirming that it is valid. And these are the teams that were on it. So Gennady Donoff remains with the Golden Knights as of last Wednesday. And boy, it sure looks like a good move for the team that that trade did not go through because he has been absolutely on fire. These past two games, five points, including an overtime game winning goal Saturday against Chicago. Uh, overall he's got seven points his last four games he's got five goals his last four games six goals in his last six it has been quite the heater that of getting has been on uh dave did he just need to almost get traded to kind of fire him up apparently
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna shout out to my dad at some point with all of this because one of the first things he asked me was So do you think that they're capable of just playing, like, the long game here and they actually knew what they were doing and the whole thing was to light a fire? And I'm, you know, I was like, no, of course not. Like, come on, get out, you know, get out of here with your crazy conspiracy stuff. stuff. But, like, they didn't do it on purpose. If it had the effect, though, like, I'm sure the Knights will take it. Because, like, this is the funny thing and maybe the irony of it all he misses two games while they're sorting out the trade stuff. They get shut out. He comes back. They score 11 goals. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he had something to do That Maybe he was the missing piece, you know, to this offense. I, I don't know. I mean, I will say that they needed some depth scoring. They needed somebody to step in and, and do something. It seemed to loosen up, you know, the rest of the offense too. You know, I mean, Evgeny Dodonov was also on the ice for all four Chicago goals. So, like, let's not get, you know, too carried away here. Like, clearly there were some defensive issues with, with him and Eichel on that line. And we saw Stevenson up there at practice. And, you know, maybe that'll be a little change that we'll see against Seattle. Maybe that'll help, you know, defensively having somebody fast getting back and helping out down low and all of those sorts of things. But it's, it's just it's like the hockey gods. It's just so funny. You know, like it's so fitting. You can't write these scripts sometimes, you know, that of all people, that he would be the one cutting in the mi- middle of the ice, getting that pass from Nicholas Waugh Saturday after Waugh held it for like 15 seconds or whatever it was, and then Dodonov's the one that, that fires it in. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like as soon as he got that puck, it was like, oh, this is going in. Like it was in such a dangerous area, and it was like the guy that just had to be the one to do it, So, uh, you know, I don't know. Hockey's just funny like that, that, you know, it, it works out what I think will be even more strange or funny or whatever sort of adjective you want to put on it is if they actually do get to the playoffs and if he actually does stay hot, you know, for this last month here and plays a key role in that, you know, like how much of that is the ultimate like, you know, ha ha, I don't, I don't know, middle finger or or whatever of all this and then and then who knows like they may end up like trading him you know in the offseason if it gets to that you know after all this and whatever so it, it's just a bizarre situation but it is kind of fun to just sit back and and watch it all unfold right now
0: yeah you're just watching the chaos and it's incredible i mean there's so many parts of this golden age season we've already touched on the injuries including obviously today their starting goaltender Getting hurt in a practice by an errant shot. Uh, there's so much of this that I feel like uh, maybe this is just on my mind because the Oscars were on Sunday. Where I feel like any like Hollywood producer would like look at the script of this season and be like, "No, too unrealistic." You're gonna have a guy get traded at the deadline, get voided, and then have him immediately like have one of his best games of the season. Like that's too hokey. Uh, but that's exactly how. What happened, what was fun, especially for me, about this whole Evgeny Didanov, uh saga is just how the crowd and his teammates um, reacted to him. Because he comes back against Nashville. He's in the starting lineup. The crowd goes wild when he kind of gets introduced. Uh, he scores a goal on the power play. His teammates just absolutely mob him, like all four, four other skaters on the ice are around him, kind of rubbing his helmet and stuff. And that's just cool. Um, the fans go wild when he is you know, announced, I believe, the second star of that game. I know it was not the first star because, like, come on. They did not make him the first star. I remember that distinctly. And what do we do in T-Mobile Arena? Give the people what they want. And even like, Saturday, he scores that overtime winner. And it was so funny because the Knights bench did, like, a perfectly even split where half of them went right to Logan Thompson to congratulate him on the win and half went to Evgeny Dadonov to keep, like, celebrating with him. So it was cool to see how everyone around him has reacted. And uh, obviously, in fairness to Evgeny Tadanoff, it's been impressive how he's reacted. Um, I know Coach Pete DeBoer said the last couple uh, games, like if anyone can handle kind of as difficult a situation as this has been, it's Evgeny Tadanoff. And I think after both of the last uh, couple games, he's been pretty, you know, I would say not uh pretty straightforward with how he felt about it in terms of it was a stressful couple days for him he knew that he had the right to void or veto the trade and so he was just trying to be as patient as he could to kind of exercise his rights and now he's kind of seemingly ready to move on and um, i even asked him you know are you worried about getting traded again and he's like i don't know it's not up to me so i mean kudos to him because he seems uh to be able to compartmentalize much better than I ever could, David, it seems like in his head, he's kind of already just like, you know what? I'm just going to be out here playing hockey and I'll let the rest figure itself out later.
1: Yeah. And I was going to bring that up too, that, you know, we don't, I don't think we get the full picture with him. And I think that's mainly because of just the language barrier and, and, you know, he speaks all right English and and he does well you know, and and kudos on him. Like I, I always compliment the guys that if you have to get up there and you speak in a second language, like I am always going to, you know, be on your side, cut your break, like whatever, you know, I I understand how difficult that is. You know, the the hard part is I, I don't think we fully have gotten, you know, to really know him. And I think in this, this week, we've seen a little bit of kind of how carefree and maybe how laid back of a personality he is like, He does seem like a guy who's just kind of like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm just here to play hockey. Like, I like the locker room. I'm going to hang out, you know, with the guys and they're going to put my name in the lineup and I'm going to go out there and play. And then I'm going to go home and, you know, either talk to my wife and kids or, you know, do whatever. Whatever he's got to do. Like, he doesn't seem like a real high maintenance kind of guy. He seems like he's pretty kicked back, smiling most of the time and all that. So, you know, in some respects, I can see. You know how he would be maybe the the best type of personality. You know, one of the few guys on the on this team that could handle. You know, a situation like that wouldn't be bitter. You know, wouldn't harvest any or harbor any you know resentment. You know, can just jump right back in the lineup and, and say okay. You know, let's play. And then like you like we've just talked about and mentioned like not only that but be productive and, and maintain you know a hot streak. That's the other thing too. He was out for a couple of games. We hear from these guys all the time about, you know, you don't play games and you get out of rhythm and things like that. And yes, it was only two games, but like it had to affect, you know, a, a mortal human, you know, whatever. But it didn't affect Evgeny Dodonov the last couple games. And, you know, again, like compliments to him. And, and yeah, it does probably just kind of speak to, you know, who he is as a person and his personality that, you know, you can kind of take this and, and water off a duck's back a little bit. Haha. <laughs> See what I did there? Duck's
0: back. Yeah. Did you see what you did there? It very well done. Um, but no, as you said, and they needed him to stay hot because obviously every win and every point in the standings for the Knights from now on is crucial. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about kind of that Chicago game on Saturday. The Knights are down 3-0 at the end of two periods against a team that's not making the playoffs. They end up rallying back to tie it 3-3, They tie it again 4-4 after Chicago retakes the lead in the third period, and then Dodonov wins it for them 5-4 in overtime, which is just massive because if they lose that game, especially in regulation, and even really if they lose that game in overtime, that's going to end up being a blow to their playoff hopes because their margin of error, as we've kind of hinted at the last couple weeks, is still very kind of razor thin uh, moving forward here. You know, as we're kind of looking at the standings, Today, on Tuesday afternoon, so a lot can obviously change between now and the next time we talk to you guys, and even you know by the end of the night, because a lot of teams are in action tonight, but you know the Knights are in a playoff position by points, but not points percentage. They have the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference right now, but the Dallas Stars are only one point behind the Knights with four games in hand, so it would take a lot for the Stars to not leapfrog. Uh, The Knights Knights are also three points behind the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers have a game in hand and the Knights are five points behind the Los Angeles Kings for second in the Pacific Division. The Kings have uh, no games in hand. That's just a five point gap. So the Knights have ground to make up on probably one of those three teams, the Stars, the Oilers or the Kings, in order to make it into the postseason. As we touched on, they have 14 Games in the regular season left to do so, and they're going to have to win a lot of them potentially to catch up. Um, looking at some websites, as we've done the past couple of weeks, one that I really like is MoneyPuck.com. Gives the Knights a 47% chance right now to make the playoffs, and kind of just as crucially, um, they have the cut line right now in terms of the last playoff team making it into the Western Conference postseason picture. Being the Dallas Stars, and they have the Stars projecting to get basically 96 points right now. Uh, the Knights, in order to get 96 points from where they are at right now, need to go 10 and four the rest of the way. And Pete DeBoer basically said as much yesterday, where he said we need to win, you know, nine or 10 of our last 14 games in order to even kind of give ourselves a chance here. Uh, That's obviously going to be a difficult ask for this Knights teams. If uh, Robin Leonard continues to now be out after his latest injury, if they don't get Mark stone and Riley Smith back, both guys are on LTIR. And so the Knights would need to do some further cap maneuvering to get one of those guys back in the lineup. Max Pacioretty remains out. We saw him and stone actually watching practice from above today. So without those guys, it's going to be a difficult road for the Knights. Um, But Dave, what are your kind of thoughts? How do you view how these last 14 games set up for them as they try to, you know, basically go on a run here?
1: Well, first off, let me go back, because I want to mention, like, as much as we've talked about the Donov and kind of the importance of that, and I think, you know, maybe even there was some talk of it being the most important goal of the season. And, like, I get that, but it was an extra point goal. Like, I think the one that we, we really maybe are in a sense overlooking in terms of the importance was the Petrangelo goal and the tying goal in Chicago to get them into position in overtime to where they can actually get two points out of that. And because the two points right now is is so important. And that's what made that comeback, I think, so pivotal, you know, that it wasn't just against, you know, a team. It was against a bottom feeder team. Like let's be honest, Chicago, you know, is not good right now. And those are points that you can't afford to drop. And, and why I say that especially is I look at this as kind of a, there's two seven game segments there in they're coming up on game two of the first seven game segment. And that Chicago game was the first one. And this first, this first stretch here I think is the one that's the most important and is going to be the the telltale kind of signal for, for what's going to happen afterward. Because they play Seattle twice, they've got Vancouver twice, they've got Arizona, and then Vancouver again. And that, that counts the Chicago game. Like those are all very winnable games. Uh, Vancouver's playing well. Historically, that's a team the Knights have fared very well against. And, and we'll see, obviously they have a new coach, uh, different system and, and you know different eyes, you know, from the other side in terms of you know their scouting, you know, the Knights and all of those sorts of things. But if they're going to set themselves up for for the final stretch run, if they're going to put themselves in a position where they can say, okay, you know, maybe a couple of these guys are coming back. Maybe we're finding our game. Maybe we're getting into a rhythm. Maybe things snowball. It's got to happen in in this stretch, this first stretch here of seven games. Like, they can't throw up a two and five dud. They can't even afford like a three and four you know, any cut, like it's, they have to win like what, five of these games at least, you know, maybe six. I mean, if it's 14 points available, you know, you, you need probably a minimum of 10. I, I would think out of this, because if you're talking 20 points minimum out of, out of the whole deal, like you better get at least 10, you know, out of this, this winnable stretch here. So, so for me, I know they look at it game by game. I know that was a question that you would ask, you know, Shea Theodore and Ke- Keegan Colasar, you know, today about like, how do you view this? Is it is it more of a big picture thing and what you need to do here, you know, over the entire 14 games? Or are you kind of looking, you know, more short-term and game by game? And, you know, like Keegan Colasar said, you, you take a peek, you look at it, you understand where you're at, but, you know, they look at it from a smaller picture. We have the advantage of looking at it wider and saying you need X amount and you can take, you know, this segment and that segment. And, and so for me, the, these are the seven games that they're in right now that that are going to be, I think, the most important and are going to tell us the most.
0: Yeah, as you said, they just they need to make Hey, They need to. I think I agree with you. Five and two kind of does feel like the minimum because, you know, as we talked about, they need to win nine or 10 of these last 14 to kind of give themselves even, you know, a chance because there's even, you know, at least a small possibility that, like I said, Dallas is kind of projected to maybe get to 96 points, but maybe Dallas also stays hot and gets to 97. And so, you know, if you're the Knights, you have to at least kind of, I think, go five and two to keep yourself in the race, keep yourself in the discussion because every point you, you, drop or every game that you lose and don't pick up anything from, you're not only fighting kind of the standings in terms of trying to move up, you're also fighting the clock, obviously in terms of the number of games left available, especially when some of the teams you're chasing, mainly Dallas, but a little bit Edmonton uh, as well. Have games you know, in hand on you. So if you're the Knights, every game counts more for you. Because the Stars have these four extra games worth of margin of error that, you know, they can drop two of them and still be very comfortably ahead of you once they've made all four of those games up. And the Oilers, even if they drop this other game at hand, still have at minimum a semi-comfortable lead because they've been playing pretty decent hockey down the stretch. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be fascinating. We've never had to cover Really anything like this in terms of obviously we've never had to um, cover here with the Knights, a actual playoff chase, a, you know, looking at the out of town scoreboard every night kind of deal just for them to stay alive. We've covered, you know, some division races and things like that, but there is obviously a lot more at stake when we're literally talking about will this season go on or not, as opposed to, you know, will you have home ice for the first couple rounds? or not because even though the knights were fighting for the president's trophy kind of down the stretch last season and actually i believe lost it officially at the final game when the kings beat or the colorado avalanche beat the los angeles kings this just has a different feel to it dave and yeah i'm very fascinated to see how these games go
1: yeah and i'll correct my math and like make sure i clean that up like if we're including the Chicago game obviously like there's a seven game segment and an eight game segment so you know whatever you can't call me on my math I'm terrible like let's put it out let's put that out there but uh, yeah I think it's gonna be fascinating I think you know one of the things that we've always talked about and it sometimes feels cliche but you know as y- you've been in a locker room you know you I have like experience matters it's, there are there are certain guys on this team that were brought in for their cup experience for their Playoff experience, you know their experience when it it gets to kind of you know pucker in time here when it when everything gets tight and all the games matter and all that you know guys like Alec Martinez, guys like Alex Petrangelo, you know um, even a guy like Braden McNabb who's who's been around you know a little bit, been to the finals with the Knights and and those sorts of things and and we see him coming close to being back, so it'll be interesting to see how the experience factor for this team you know, maybe plays into it, whether they're able to lean on that um, or whether the injuries are just going to be too much for them because, you know, we saw Max Pacioretty and, and Mark Stone up in the, up in the, you know, I don't know what you'd call it. I mean, it's a room up in City National. Like, I'm trying to think of a funny name, but drawing a blank. But, you know, we saw them walk, watching practice kind of up in the in the perch, sort of the Statler and Waldorf, uh, you know, look between the two of them taking things in, but like, you know, we don't know if they're close and, and all these other things. So, you know, if they get some of these guys back, if they're able to lean on their experience and all that, it'll it'll be interesting if they, they can get this out. It, it feels like, you know, it feels like they're going to get there. I don't know. But then, then you see a guy take like a puck in the shoulder and you just don't know anymore.
0: Right. That's the thing of just, there is always, it seems this season, another twist around the corner. Waiting for the Golden Knights, so we will of course see if they can overcome this latest one or how big this latest one turns out to be. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Golden Edge podcast. As a reminder, we are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. We are also presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Please check out all our written work at ReviewJournal.com. And we are presented by Blue Wire as well. Uh, also, if you guys could rate, review, subscribe. Whatever you do to podcasts, please do it to this one. We would very much appreciate it. I'm Ben Goats. He's David Shane. We are the Golden Edge Podcast. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.